0: John Vogel, NFL draft Blitz, sitting here with Fred Payton, quarterback for the Mercer Bears, getting ready for the Tropical Bowl down in Orlando. You just finished up the FCS Bowl, Fred. Man, I'm really happy to get the chance to sit down and talk with you about your game and stuff.
1: Uh, thank you for having me, man.
0: Hey, yeah, like I think I told you when I first you know reached out to you about doing this. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm friends with Emory Hunt, and mm-hmm. he loves you. Like he's just he like I the first thing I did is I went to him, I was like, hey, I'm about to talk to Fred. What games do I need to go watch? He goes pick three. <laughs> Any three. He's just like, there's pick three. And so you know, like that's the thing is you've got you've got a lot of really neat tools, right? And we've seen your style of quarterback kind of translate pretty well into the NFL in recent memory, even you know at all different levels, not just as a starter, not just as a backup, not just as a developmental three, like you fit all those different levels that and your style does. So I want to do, I want to start out talking about you in your football career like so when did football start for you was this back in when you were little did you grow up around it or is this something that you, you just kind of got to high school and you started doing
1: I definitely started back when I was little um officially started football you know playing on 11-man team and everything like that uh seven years old I can okay. vividly remember asking my dad you know I was telling my dad I was ready to play football he he asked me like are you sure and I was like yes sir like, I'm ready to play football and he took me out to get my pads and everything I needed. And when we got back home, he made me put it all back on. And I was like, well, we already tried it on at stores and stuff like that. He was like, we're gonna go outside for a little bit, you know, play pitch, whatever. And uh, so I put it all on, we went in the backyard and uh he handed me the football and just told me to run. And I was like, okay. So I started running and I know where he comes like a middle linebacker and just rocks me out of this world. And uh, that's that's how I got introduced to football.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. That's a great idea, because it's like one of the things that you don't realize until you actually step on the field is how physical it is. And so he gave (laughs) you that early introduction. He gave you something you were not going to experience and for a long time just to start everything (laughs) out. You still want to play football, (laughs) Fred. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. So so you played all through middle school and were you always a quarterback?
1: Yes, sir. From the time I was seven all the way up till now, I've been a quarterback.
0: So talk about your high school career, because I think that you were somewhat overlooked when you were coming out of high school. You know, you ended up at Mercer. You were actually at Coastal first, right? Coastal Carolina.
1: Yes, sir. I was at Coastal Carolina first. So um, throughout high school, uh, I I ended up at a school that I wasn't necessarily district for um the school that I was schools that I was district for where my mom taught at Meadow Creek and I was district for Birkmar and they weren't really known for football and helping athletes get you know opportunities at the next level for that so end up having trying to find somewhere that I could create an opportunity for myself and somehow Peachtree Ridge fell in my lap you know a couple people mentioned my name over there and mentioned them to me and I ended up over there and um that's where my recruitment started for sure um recruitment was kind of an up and down game it was, can't really tell you what it was so to speak you know I was getting a lot of looks from big time you know power five schools and the ACC and um in the big 10 and stuff like that and then it kind of slowed my first offer was from Purdue and then after that you know kind of slowed down for some reason um don't really know why but you know so definitely feel like I was underlooked uh overlooked and underrated but um ended up at Coastal once I, I transferred to Parkview High School uh, my senior year um, hoping that you know they would be give you a better chance at, you know, yeah. another opportunity and things like that to go to the next level. And um, that's where I ended up getting recruited from Coastal Carolina, trying to salvage my my college career opportunities.
0: And so this was uh, this was back in – 20, is this 2017 or 18?
1: 2017, I started my senior year. I ended up graduating in 2018.
0: Okay, so you started going – you went to Coastal in 2018. That's going to be mm-hmm. – I mean, so you were recruited by uh, Jeremy. Um, Jeremy Castle, right yeah Yes, sir. So, what was what was the plan when you went into Coastal? Did they have like a plan laid out for you? Was it a come and compete kind of thing? Was it hey, we want you to develop? Like, what was what did that conversation look like?
1: Um, definitely, I would say a come and compete type of thing. Uh, it was crazy because when I actually arrived there, it was seven people on the seven quarterbacks on the roster, and you know, coming in as a freshman, I'm number seven on the depth chart. Yeah, so, uh, um, he he expressed he liked my ability to throw the ball all over the field. Um, You know, I tell people all the time, my dad had me in the spread offense since I was 10 years old. So I'm known for, you know, throwing the ball over the place, just being able to put it with touch, driving it, wherever, things like that. But, you know, their offense was kind of different for me. Um, I had the ability to run. I was labeled as a dual threat. Probably my sophomore year of high school, and I got rocked a couple of times and figured I needed to be able to escape when I needed to. (laughs) So he liked my ability to be able to throw the ball over the place. And, you know, I had the ability to run when needed but I didn't necessarily fit like wholeheartedly in that offense. So definitely ability to come in, come in and compete and, you know, learn and develop, but it kind of got steamrolled a little earlier than probably anybody expected. I got on the field as a true freshman and started the last half of my true freshman season and got to start some games. So that's how that ended up.
0: Yeah. And I think Grayson McCall got there. Right. And that was kind of, yeah, he ended
1: up there. My, I think he got there my sophomore year. Yeah, and he sat for me for a year, and then my junior year, going into that fall camp season, um, you know, we were all in the position battle. I was in the position battle every year there, which no problem, you know, it's all about competition. That's the name of the game. So right, um, but I ended up tweaking tweaking my ankle going in like week the week before the starting the first game of the season, and um, that gave him the opportunity to go in there and do what he do. And obviously, you know, we see what he did. He took advantage of his opportunity. So
0: and was probably you know this is not a shot to you it's not defense or anything but he's probably better fit for that offense too because it's a very unique offense and it's very yeah, predicated yeah. on you know triple option but still incorporating mm-hmm. you know like an RPO element to it
1: yes sir for sure and I think that RPO element you know probably happened when I got there because you know I'm I was more, more known for throwing the ball mm-hmm. uh, I remember <laughs> Coach Hale used to get mad at me sometimes because I wouldn't pull it on the triple option side of it because I'm like hey you know, they're the running back. They <laughs> of the but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, he, I believe he actually ran that offense, you know, in high school and stuff like that. So, he definitely was a true fit. Like, he fit right in as soon as he got his opportunity. So, you know, like I said, I always say kudos to him. We were cool. Um, we hung out a lot outside of football as well mm-hmm. for that uh, year that I was there with him. And um, But he definitely did his thing. He definitely fit that offense. But I'm happy for my time there because, you know, I got to – experience a different a different scheme that I wasn't used to and it just I feel like it just helped me be more versatile overall with my experience there.
0: Yeah because when you're running that offense and you're reading a mm-hmm. defense you're looking at completely different things as compared mm-hmm. to a, a, a spread right like right. could you could you talk about some of those things that you're like the differences? Right so what I would
1: say when I was at Coastal you know it helped me to be able to understand the different defensive fronts and how that can affect you know the back end linebacker level, safety level, and everything like that. So I feel like it definitely helped me even within being a spread offense, because like you said, those are little tales from D-line wise, like where they're lined up, whether they're shade to the field or in the odd front and things like that, and how they could be spinning and rotating, maybe cover three if they're in the odd front with that bandit or cat dropping out to the boundary and things like that. So I feel like it just overall helped you know my game and progressing and learning more just about football in general in all types of schemes.
0: So you ended up transferring to Mercer right after the COVID season, right?
1: Yes, yeah, sir. So I spent my
0: COVID season
1: there. Um like I said I got hurt and then Grayson took over and uh I stayed with through, throughout that season, you know, because they expressed their um their concerns with me. Obviously the transfer portal was a big thing and I had the yeah, option. It was to- just starting,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah it just starting. So I had the option to get in there early, but you know. They expressed that, you know, they still love me as a quarterback and things like that in my leadership. So they wanted me to be able to stay. And I, I, you know, I'm always a guy, you know, you start what you finish. You finish what you start. Sorry. But um, so I stayed through that season and ended up hopping in the portal at the end of that 2020 season, that COVID year.
0: And so you end up at Mercer. And why Mercer? What what was it about Mercer that brought you to to go to that school? (laughs) Oh, sorry. I
1: laugh. I laugh when people ask me that question. Cause
0: Oh, no, it's Mer- not like a dig or anything. It's just <laughs> no, seriously.
1: It's like, no, it's serious. You know, it's there, there has serious.
0: to be there has to be something that drew you to that school. Right.
1: Right. Yes, sir. Uh, Mercer was not even on my radar, to be honest with you. When I hit the portal, like it wasn't. I mean, the SoCon in general, honestly, wasn't even like in my sights what I was looking for. But Coach Chronic, man, I tribute all to him. He called me day in, day out, about four or five times a day. Sometimes I would still be in the bed and wake up to his call. <laughs> and um, so just that want, like, that was something that I was looking for, somebody that really wants you and feels like you would fit and they, that the opportunity that they could provide for you. Like, they wanted you in that role, obviously transferring, you know, ticking time clock with your time in college. So I had to find somewhere that that wanted me. Not only did I felt like I fit their scheme, but that wanted me. And, you know, he showed that want. And so I, I I gave him a chance to to sh- express and show me how I would fit because, you know, looking into it on my own, they were a wing T team probably only throwing the ball about 10 times a game before I got there. So yeah. I, I just laughed because I'm like, who would have thought I would have ended up somewhere that based out of a wing T, not trying to th- it was run heavy and things like that. But um, he got a, he got me on a Zoom call along with the rest of the staff. I remember like everybody on the staff was on that Zoom call. And um just to, like I said, express that want for me. And um, they end up getting off the Zoom call, but Coach Kronick and I stayed on for probably about an hour after that. And he was taking me through film because he was like, I don't want you going to look up no more stuff and and demon that this isn't the place for you without me showing you how I would use you. So he um, pulled up a lot of his Lenore Ryan film and showed me how I would be using this offense and where we would take the offense with me at quarterback, you know, developing into a more RPO drop back type of team and things like that. So. And that's on film, you know, we got into a bunch of different sets, a bunch of different craziness. Like, it was a lot. But um, definitely Coach Chronic is who drew me to Mercer.
0: So how big was the playbook at Mercer once you got there? When I got
1: there, uh, not even that big, to be honest with you. It was a lot of different formations and stuff, but the base stuff was simple. Like, out of a wing T, you know, you're going to hand the ball off. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. The only thing that was really new for me or like, that I had to grasp was being under center. And, um, you know, just for repetition that became very easy. But um, other than that, the playbook was not very, you know, expansive.
0: That's one of the things that I noticed when I was watching you on tape was the fact that you have that experience under center. Right. That's not something a lot of college quarterbacks could say anymore. <laughs> right. It's just right. <laughs> because there's so much of the pistol and this, in the shotgun yeah. and all those different elements and, you know, being able to, it's so much easier for some, I don't understand why, but it is so much easier for them to teach players how to take snaps out of the shotgun instead of right. going under center, which is, yeah. you know, if you go back just 20 years in football, that's unheard of, but exactly. you know, that's the beautiful thing about this game. It's always changing and it's always, but yeah. that that's an advantage for you, right? Exactly. You can use exactly. that as an advantage. You walk in, you have all this experience being under center. You know how to do that. You're good at it. You know, you've had no issues in the past with it. I mean, I guess when you guys when you guys played Auburn, I think there was a snap that ended up on the ground, but, yeah, or two. Snap two. <laughs> snap two. but that that's Auburn, <laughs> man. That's Auburn.
1: <laughs>
0: big, big giant physical too, SEC. But, you know, gotta handle the elements,
1: gotta handle the elements. Start well right. no, yeah.
0: And you know, that's we're not making excuses or anything, but we're just pointing out that, that was that was a team that was much bigger, much more physical than you guys were accustomed <laughs> to playing. So um no, so we've talked about your career here a little bit. When, what was the biggest thing you were able to take away from Mercer and apply going forward? It could be, you know, maybe a football something, maybe it was a life something, whatever that is.
1: Uh, Football-wise, definitely like we just talked about being under center and just mm-hmm. handling handling an expensive playbook. Uh, we, we talk about all the time with Coach Kronick and Coach Salmon. They talk about how the playbook expanded with the, my ability to handle all of it. Like, you know, Coach Chronic, he loved – evolving the playbook and trying new things. And when we tried it and I could do it, we were going to we were gonna run it. So um, that, just being able to be versatile, uh, Coach Crony, he was like, you know, if you're able to do everything, then who wouldn't want you and things like that. So I will take that away, being able to be versatile and learn new things. But um, in life, just the amount of hard work it takes to be successful, for sure, um, on and off the field. You know, we talk about Mercer and the school it is. It's a law school and a medicine, uh, medicine medical school. So the school itself is hard, hard enough to just be a student and then add the athlete top on part of it. And, you know, in that program, it's all about winning championships and doing all you can to be in that race every year. So, you know, the hard work that it takes to do that, it was a it was a different beast at Mercer. And I'm thankful for it.
0: What was the biggest like like who do you remember being the biggest challenge? You know, when you were going into into game film and you were studying for a game. Who is any At any point in your college career, who was the hardest guy that you remember game planning for and going, Willie, I have to avoid this guy at all costs? Uh, any guy. Yeah, no, any guy, anywhere. Defensive line, edge rusher, D-tackle. You talk about a safety, a corner, whatever you
1: want. Right. Uh, just one that pops out to my head, like, instantly, was University of Tennessee Chattanooga UTC. Their D yep. lineman number ninety, I can't Maxwell. Remember. Maxwell. Yeah, oh yeah. He That's he was crazy. a guy you had to know where he was at all times. And I mean, at D line, you would think, I mean, he's D lineman. Let your O lineman worry about him. But now nah, you got to make sure that you can slide that front or get the double team to his side every time, because you leave him one on one, and you're probably gonna be having Didn't, to get up. Wasn't it
0: what it was five sacks he had against East Tennessee State? Like, that's unheard of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they were, like, all in the he's second the half. <laughs> tell you, he's the nicest guy on the field, though. I can remember, you know, all his teammates. Like, our game probably determined um, who was going to win. At the time, was going to determine who was probably going to win the SOCON in the conference and things like that. But he was yeah. literally the nicest guy out there, but the most dominant. Like, his teammates would be talking trash and trying to get all up in our face, and he would back them up and look at it, hey, we're good you know what I'm i'll be like no we're not good <laughs> but um yeah he was definitely the most dominant guy that i can vividly remember playing against you know just popping up instantly in my head but nice i do, want, I
0: do want to throw a note on that because that was exactly who i thought you were going to say that <laughs> yeah. which says something because so. you went up against alabama and this will anderson jr dallas turner mm-hmm. and yeah. auburn which Derek hall all mm-hmm. these guys are going most of these guys that most of the guys I named, they're going first round. If they're not going first round, they're going senior bowl. And you know, like that's the guy that you remember. Like that's, that's what's funny. You know, that's what's funny. And I, and I thought you were going to say that And I just, uh, was, that was what, that's probably the most leading question I have for you on this, on, on this setup, but when, <laughs> when you, <laughs> that wasn't leading at all. Uh All right. So when you get into like um, your game, right. And, you you. have to self-evaluate. You have to study yourself and understand what your strengths and what your weaknesses are Right at all times. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things about being a player, especially a quarterback. You're a leader, so you have to be on top of all that stuff. What do you think is your biggest strength as a quarterback? What do you bring to a field? What, do you, what, is, the, what is What's that, that tool going to be that you're going to carry over in the NFL? I
1: would say my biggest strength would be the ability to layer the ball mm-hmm. um, and lead. Receivers in the open grass and things of that nature. You know, I pride myself, especially this year. Um, my coaches told me, like, we're going to go as far as I go. So I have to become obsessed with the game and, you know, watching film. So the film aspect definitely helped with that. But um, my ability to layer the ball and just put receivers in good positions to uh, make a play, whether that be, you know, sometimes it's a tight window, you have to drive it, but not all the time. Sometimes you got to be able to layer them into the next window. And that's where the bigger play made to be happen, uh, made to happen is. And things like that. So I would say my biggest strength is
0: definitely ability to layer the ball,
1: whether it be a one, two or three ball, with however it needs to be, I'll be able to put it, put the receiver in a great position to make a play. And so
0: go ahead and explain what you mean by one, two, three ball. So you know one ball, you're driving it. It's one of them
1: tight windows, DBs all over the receiver's back and things like that. You have to really put it on them and drive it um two ball. It's kind of that in between. It's not a, a deep shot high in the sky and things like that. And it's it's kind of layering it. You may have to put it over a linebacker, but underneath the safety or something like that. And then the three ball is one of the ones where they got to have a chance to be able to run under it. So, you know, you put it in the air, you put it out there and give the receiver a chance to go track it down.
0: On the flip side of that, what is the thing that you're working on this offseason to try to shore up and assure to people that this is not going to be a problem going forward in my game?
1: uh, I would say my base. I feel like I have a pretty good base but the consistency of it, you know, not necessarily overstriding when trying to make a throw because mm-hmm. I feel like some, some of those times, when I don't, I don't feel like I get it all on the throw. I don't believe it's my arm. I believe it's sometime within my feet and things of that nature, but um, I don't see it as being a, a weakness that's going to hinder me, but definitely something that I can just take my game to the next level. If I can get it, you know, consistent and where I don't have to even think about it.
0: Yeah. No, that I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. So, Another thing too is when you're you talked about game film and studying film and how this year your coaches were telling you you got to be obsessed with it. What were some of the things that you started doing differently in tape study that you started looking for?
1: So with, with like you say in tape study, I wasn't previously when I was younger, maybe my freshman year and anything like that, mm-hmm. I would only kind of be concerned with, you know, watching how the the DBs work in the secondary and things like that, but really intricately watching you know, from the base level all the way to the back end. So starting with the D line and then moving on to the linebackers and then moving on to the secondary, all within one play. You know, you can't just watch one clip, you know, two to three times. You really have to watch it about 10 to 15 times to understand what that defense is doing and the scheme and things like that. So when you get on the field to see it, you know exactly what's coming to you.
0: So you also talked about learning a lot of the defensive fronts and those different things. What was one of the, I guess? Talk about some of the things that you're worried about when you see a defensive front, and when you're in that tape study. What are some of those things that you're looking for?
1: So when, you, when you're going, first of all, you need to know which D lineman is you know the most dominant. <laughs> so oh, so you what know, you're
0: saying is, where's number <laughs> <where's>
1: ninety? <number 90? laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, like I said, if you know uh, a defense bases out of a you know over front or under front or something like that. And then they end up shifting to something that they're not based out of. You know, something's probably up some blitz wise, secondary wise, you can expect because, you know, defense, they like to have a base defense that they stick to or whatever. But they always have those little wrinkles that they throw in. So you got to be able to find what is it about it. So, like I said, in the odd front, if to the boundary, you have that cat or a bandit, whatever you like to call it, if he's tightened down. You can almost be you can almost be sure that the Sam linebacker, that outside linebacker, to the field isn't coming off that edge and things of that nature. But if he's loose, you possibly have that Sam coming, which is not is not um it's not like set in stone that that could happen. But those are just little telltale details that you know you figure out those things and those tendencies of whatever team that you're playing on film can help you to notice what's coming, what could be coming, and what what they're changing up to.
0: So the last question that I'll I'll carry on on this side of things and your game and all that is, oh, shoot. I just had it there for a second. Now it's like, it was like, I was setting it up. I was like, oh, I got to go with this one. Right. Um, so what, oh, you've done the FBS bowl or FCS bowl at this point, yes, right? Sir. That's about that's the only, that's the only event that you've done post, like pre, pre-draft post, stuff. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. So what was some of the feedback that you got at that event? And. You know were you talking with any like what who were some of the teams that perhaps you were talking with
1: right um feedback uh definitely got um from my uh, the quarterback coach over there Rob flowers, that was the quarterback coach on my team on the mm-hmm. American side um he just told me that he liked my ability to command the offense and to to like come into a situation that's new obviously with new players and new offense and things like that and be able to just blend right in like like i've been in been in his system for you know. A month or anything like that. So just being able to come in and transition well, like without many hiccups and things like that, and then to um to handle to handle the offense and be able to interpret it in my own eyes. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's a big thing when you're going to different places. Like I said, I've been to Coastal, I've been to Mercer. In high school, I was at one school, then another. And so when you're coming in new places, you have to be able to find your way and make it work for you. So he definitely expressed that to me. The receiver coach, he just – I don't even know what he said he really liked about me, but he was, man, I rock with you, man. That's all he kept saying every day I was out there, man. I rock with you. But um, hey, as far as – Hey, it's teams, the fact
0: that you – because when you said one, two, three ball, that's the first time I've actually ever heard that, at least described in that way. So that's probably what right. it was. Is, hey, this guy, you can throw a one, two, three ball. <laughs> 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 that's why he rocked with you, Fred. Come on, man. <laughs> um. I didn't mean to distract you. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Chopping it up, chopping it up. But, um, oh yeah. As far as teams, um, the Colts, the Colts, we didn't speak directly, but they texted me and then Tampa Bay, they talked to me as well. And they have, they've been actually requesting a lot of my stuff, you know, from my coaches during the season, throughout the season. And even again at this, um, FCS bowl. So those two teams,
0: So right now, interesting, because, you know, Buccaneers very, very possibly will not have Tom Brady next year. And, you know,
1: they speak it into existence. You know,
0: you you never know. It's crazy. It's crazy what happens on those on that side of things, man. Mm -hmm. Look, uh, last thing that I'm going to last last question I do want to actually ask you as part of this interview is uh, what is you you're finishing up a meeting. What is that message? You know, to a team, it could be uh, it could be an NFL team, could be, you know, USFL, whatever, whoever it is that you're talking to. What's that message about what you're going to bring them, you know, as a quarterback to their team?
1: Yes, sir. You're definitely going to get somebody who's coming in ready to work and wants to make that contagious throughout the whole team. You know, like I said, my experience, I've I've wholeheartedly learned that it takes pure hard work to get where you want to be. So with that leadership, making that contagious, the hard work aspect. It's going to be there. Um, like you said, you're going to get a versatile player who's able to do it all from under center and shotgun, RPO, drop back, play action pass, anything you want out of your quarterback, you'll be able to get that. And like I said, he's just going to continue to work with every scheme, whatever offense that he gets in. He's going to be able to make it work for not only himself, but for the team and the organization.
0: Great stuff, Fred. Looking forward to seeing you down in Orlando. It's going to be a good time. So you need yes, throw to whip the ball around. I wonder, uh, I'm only tracking three guys as of this recording time that will be there at the quarterback mm-hmm. position. And so I'm excited to see who else you'll be up against yes, and sir. see how you'll look against them because that's, you know, isn't that the name of the game, right? It's the competition. competition, right? That's what right. you started off with, man. So good stuff is always good luck to you in this process. And, you know, just it's going to be a grind. It always is. But, you know, as everybody's trying to figure out what all your weaknesses are, all your flaws, that's what they're looking for. So it's a very, it can be at times a very negative process. Whatever you do, man, keep your head up. You got it. You're going to push through it.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate that.
0: Yes, sir, man.